The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? I was trying to do my best Ryan impression, and I'm not entirely sure if that worked out. What is up, everyone listening on a Wednesday evening or whenever it is that you are catching this show? Welcome to the Break the Business podcast. It is the show where we empower indie creators, talk a little bit of pop culture, and hopefully have a lot of fun along the way. Um, I'm not Ryan Corella, Esquire. DDS. Um, I am, in fact, Elisa Melendez, also known as Elisa Rock Doc on the internet, and I will be your host taking over the Break the Business podcast over from our dear captain, oh, captain, our captain, Ryan Corella, um, as, as our favorite lawyer on the internet of entertainment takes on his most important and maybe most demanding client. I'm not sure. <laughs> it might be tied with a few others, but he has a very important client at home that he's going to be hanging out with for the next few weeks. Congratulations to him on his bundle of joy. Um, all of us here at Break the Business HQ are congratulating him and rooting him on um, for the next few weeks and and hoping that um, maybe, maybe he can get a, I don't know, some some sort of a, a a nap is that a thing he can do anymore i i don't know but congratulations ryan on being a dad and apologies in advance to the listening audience that has to deal with me for the next few weeks um but i'm going to be joined by a few series regulars that you might recognize over the next couple of weeks i might call lauren over on a hail mary if i'm absolutely floundering so you will not be alone and i will thankfully not be alone on this journey uh throughout the next few weeks um so until then uh for those who might not know a little bit about me um just to i, I want to get you comfortable with with this relationship that that we're about to have over these you know, maybe next month or so. Um, I am a musician. Um, I'm known as Elisa Rock Doc on the internet. Um, I do have a PhD uh, and the student loans to prove it. Um, studied sociology, looked at music video games, um, but I am also a musician and a voice actress and a content creator in my own right um, with some ties to the video game industry as well. I've worked in marketing departments as a community manager for video games and stuff and done some voice acting video games as well so from this section of the hosting table uh you can expect a mix of music news for the next few weeks some video game related chatter of course because i can't help myself um and then hopefully some content creator news you can use because the whole point of this podcast is to empower y'all um that are making art right now 
literally right right now as 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 we speak you you are making some form of art right now and hopefully um in these next few weeks we can talk to some folks and and talk about some things that are going to help you along your way and yes in case um you're yelling at your speaker hey don't shame me for not creating art right now i'm not actually creating art right now but i think i should be creating art right now elisa why are you stressing me out hey if you're thinking about creating art, that's part of the process of making art, okay? <laughs> Sometimes all you can do is open Photoshop or Microsoft Word or whatever it is, logic, maybe, and just stare at it for a while in silent, horrific contemplation. And that's part of the process too. I think I think we need to acknowledge that as 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 creators, <laughs> that sometimes just just staring at a screen in despair is a significant chunk and and very important part of the art creation process. So, hopefully, from one creator to another, we 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 can all vibe together over the next few weeks. Um, and hopefully get get some news we can use to to, to kind of help all of us that are that are currently on the content creation struggle bus like this week okay i'm not only excited but i'm incredibly nervous one um because i'm basically taking over uh, a, a, an entire radio station um i've been i've been given the keys um to a multi-platform live stream um and and so that's just slightly just slightly nerve-wracking but also i'm talking to a very important person um potentially for even my career as a musician, we are going to have on Andrea Gleason, the CEO of TuneCore. Um, TuneCore is a platform that you can use to distribute your music as an indie artist and get it onto all sorts of platforms, right? So I may not currently be using TuneCore, but that's okay. That's okay. Actually, I'm really excited about it because no one knows what they're doing. That's going to be another theme that pops up a lot over the next few weeks. No one knows what they're doing. I am learning something new every day about how the heck it is that I am supposed to get my music out there. So I'm super excited to chat with Andrea Gleason later on in the show to hopefully get, get, get a glimpse at, at, at a fun, new, exciting way that I can get, get music out there so that people can discover it. And hopefully you musician out there can make use of this info too. But first the news I don't I, I didn't have time to 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 make it the I don't Ryan do we have a he's he's not here he's not here it's okay breaking news we're going to talk about um some video games for a second because um I am not only a video game person I am also a cat person and the best of both worlds have have dropped in this latest release uh, for PlayStation 5. Good luck having one, getting one, procuring one. But if you have the means and Lady Luck is on your side and you happen to have a PS5 on you, um, I am hearing that the video game Stray, recently released, is getting solid reviews all across the board from major outlets. Metacritic is solid. Um, the, the thing about Stray... It is a video game in which you are a single entity with a companion helper 
and you're traversing a series of maps in an interesting kind of cyberpunk dystopian neon soaked world with some really cool art and set pieces and it's settled by a bunch of very interesting looking uh, robot type folk um, and you get to traverse this world um, and explore like a lot of video games it sounds very very similar to a lot of video games right I am exploring a post-apocalyptic world that is neon soaked and and probably has a great soundtrack and has robots or androids uh, type folks doing that sort of thing However, in Stray, you are navigating this territory as an orange tabby cat. Orange tabby cat. You play as a cat. You are the cat. You are the cat. And you are actually just running around this world as a cat. And I think it is one of the coolest things. It almost delivers on the promise that the new movie musical version of Cats maybe attempted to do it with you know sort of playing with the idea of scale and constructing these huge set pieces to make the actual human actors seem smaller yes cats was the last movie i saw in a movie theater um before a lot of things happened why do you ask so the things that the Cats movie did with playing with scale and, and doing these large set pieces so that you can get a sense of kind of feeling as small as a cat, Stray does that um, because you actually play as a cat. Um, <laughs> and things are kind of like to scale and you get to... And you and not only... Okay, it's not even that you play as a cat. It's that you are a cat. You can nuzzle up against people and and get pets. You can scratch things um and you can knock things over these are these are essentially the like you know hall of fame cat mechanics at play here all the stars are here we've got knocking stuff over we've got ripping things up we've got jumping we've got curling up and taking a nap which is like the most adorable animation ever and it's made even more adorable when you find out that the cat in Stray is actually modeled by one of the developer's cats. It is, ah! um, so essentially in my show notes, um, I have in terms of explaining the new releases that have come out for video games, um, I have Stray for PS5, Play as a Cat, no other review necessary. Um, there's that. Another video game um, that, that I did want to um, kind of shout out um, for folks that, that may not have access to PS5. Um, so something's a little bit more widely available, especially now that it recently dropped on Xbox Game Pass. Can I, can I spread the good word of Power Wash Simulator for like a second? So especially if you are the kind of person who loves a to-do list just loves a to-do list, loves to check things off, loves uh, just like the, the idea of power washing something and cleaning something and like seeing the progress of something being cleaned. If that's extremely satisfying for you, if after you clean something, you too want to hear a very, very satisfying ding as soon as something is sparkling clean, then Power Wash Simulator would also be for you. Recently dropped on Xbox Game Pass, and it has multiplayer, which is the wildest thing. I This is a game called Power Wash Simulator, and it is exactly what it says on the tin. I'm telling you, 
Ryan, you're a new dad. This game <laughs> might be one of the most like dad core games out there. Power wash simulator. You just power wash stuff. You have a power washer and you could get different attachments and different cleaning supplies. And then they, they have a career mode and all sorts of different maps. And essentially they drop you in and you are part of a power wash cleaning service. And you just clean stuff. You clean houses. You clean a skate park. You clean a playground. Um, you know that uh, that old nursery rhyme about the old woman who lived in a shoe. You clean the shoe, um, and and it's and it is in it is so satisfying. I cannot even describe. It is one of those games that you're like, this is the dumbest thing ever. I'm gonna power it up for two seconds. I'm just power washing how how immersive can this be and then you blink and then it's been seven hours and that's all you've done and maybe you have a light hand cramp because you forget that there is a button that automatically switches your power washer to just stay on instead of i'm not speaking from any sort of experience at all on that but the game does have multiplayer right so so now picture this you can power wash with a friend or several friends, um, which is great, except um, the one big story that ended up happening. It's, it's kind of wild when this happens in video games. My husband and I play video games together. We have two TVs, two Xboxes side by side. It's a whole thing. The AMA will drop next week. Um, but we're playing power wash simulator. It's incredibly satisfying. Like just throw a show up there and then just power um but in multiplayer right when we started playing um the game would crash he would host and then i would join his game and then we would be power washing a playground for a second and 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 then switching between nozzles or whatever and then the game would crash but it would kick me off right it, it would boot me to desktop um and i would be like well that's that seems odd and it seemed to be happening with like a regular frequency that we were sort of thinking about like, well, okay, maybe it's, um, maybe it's our internet. Um, uh, maybe it's, uh, cause sometimes, you know, our two consoles don't talk to each other super great for some reason that happens. Maybe it's the fact that it's the first week of release and, you know, it's cross play and it's a lot of different people being able to play with each other now that hadn't been able to before first week of launch kinks. Every game gets it. Um, not necessarily so. The The bug that I was experiencing, the crashes that I was experiencing were related to a very specific bug that was very widespread, widespread enough to get its own article in um, uh, video game online magazine, uh, Kotaku, um, talking about um, this bug that I was experiencing and a lot of other people were experiencing was due to folks looking up into the sun during multiplayer so if you were not the host but the person hanging out in the other person's game and you looked at either the sun or anything that glared just because of a weird way that the game kind of like treated lens flares um just looking into a lens flare would crash you to desktop. And so their solution, they're working on a patch. I don't know if the patch is out. Um, 
it from I think we tried playing a couple of days ago and it didn't necessarily work out so well. Um, so who knows if the patch is out yet. But until then, the recommendation from the development team was don't don't look at the sun. <laughs> if you're if you're gonna play just you can power wash all you like, just look down. Just just eyes on your work the whole time. Do not look at the sun. I mean, that's just generally good advice, right? Uh, but don't don't look at the sun in Power Wash Simulator if you don't want to crash for now until the patch is released. But this this idea that like when you look at the sun, the way that the lens flares are interacting with the game, and it only happens on my particular instance of the game. Video games are hard. I just want to put it out there. The first, the first line of the Kotaku article is video games are hard. <laughs> video games are beautiful, magical things that are held together with duct tape and spit. And I will always say this. Um, you, you want to talk about very complex, complicated, interactive art that people are trying to make interesting, fun, evocative experiences on technology within the limits of console tech, platform tech, whatever. Um, so, so trying to make it so that multiple people can, can clean a putt putt golf course together. Um, Shouts to the team behind Power Wash Simulator. <laughs> Shouts to anybody who has to deal with anything like this during their launch week. Um, I am... I You have my sympathies. Unfortunately, you also have our frustrations because there is nothing that I want more to do than to finish this dang bungalow that has been the bane of my existence. Because there, there, there's this one railing that is just so hard to clean. I'm trying to get some help. I just can't. Just can't look into the sun. We are Icaruses, all of us. And we stare at the sun. And that's our own hubris, honestly. That's, that's, that's hubris at work. So there you go. Games are hard. Have compassion. <laughs> if you're having a hard time with any game that you're, you know, that you're playing out there, just... Things are rough. And, and you can test all you want... You can have the most staffed and well-fed and actually well-paid QA team in the world. I'll believe it when I see it. I would love to see it someday. But there is no replacing, you know, millions of people potentially having access to this thing and trying to essentially break it all at once in mass. Uh, so shouts to the Power Wash Simulator team. You have given us hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of excitement. Um, we just have to get some sunglasses for our power washing suit. <laughs> so I wanted to turn my attention now, actually, before we uh, hit the commercial break, I wanted to talk really quickly about a tool. I wanted to give you a little bit of a nugget, right? So we had a couple of games for you to play. I introduced myself, but now I wanted to turn my attention really, really quick to a tool, um, which just got announced for Twitch. Now, 
hey, I just said the word Twitch. If you are not necessarily a video game person or a video game creator, still listen up because um, I am one of the kinds of folks who loves to recommend Twitch as a platform to showcase whatever kind of art you are. I follow everyone from people who do play video games professionally for a living. Um, but I also follow sculptors. I recently followed a... Um, a Japanese woodblock printmaker that streams the process of carving these lovely wood blocks just live on Twitch. Um, there are folks that do journaling on Twitch and all sorts of things, all sorts of creation on Twitch. So do not discount the use of Twitch to show off your personal art. And I'm going to give you another tool that Twitch could also be very useful for. And Twitch just recently announced that they are developing a beta. It's currently in beta now. We'll roll out um, maybe to more folks later. It is something called Twitch Charity. Um, and this is a, a fundraising tool that makes it easy for you to use Twitch and use live streaming in order to raise funds for a select group of charities. So typically, if you wanted to do a charity stream, um, so... Essentially, like you wanted to play games for a certain amount of time, maybe do like a cool marathon stream and raise money for X, Y, Z number of charities that is, you know, near and dear to your heart. Usually in order to do that, the logistics of that would be kind of wild, right? Because you have to give people the information on where to go. You have to be able to track who it is that donated money to the charity and then be able to sort of add that to a account that you would have displayed live on your stream to see how much money you've raised for the charity. A lot of times you would have to track direct donations to a charity. Someone will like send a screenshot of their donation receipt to an email address and then you get that email and then you type it manually into a tracker and then your cute little tracker updates on your stream. That's kind of a pain in the butt. There's also a service called Tiltify um, that's a little bit more plug and play um, where you can kind of sign up there and link your Twitch account and basically create a campaign that kind of runs for you essentially um, to help you raise funds on stream. But now Twitch is doing it right in the box. Um, so this service aims to basically make hosting a charity stream just a couple of clicks away. In fact, they call it like, you know, going into charity mode, <laughs> which, hey, you know, the sequel to sicko mode will be, will be, will be charity mode. Um, so my questions are, I didn't see necessarily like too much information about, uh, about this right before the show, but I am very curious. I've done some donation um, drive streams before. I've done reading donations, which is a very, very, very fun gig. But usually we kind of would go through that process of send the receipt, do the, do the stuff. Um, and the way that Twitch describes it is they're uh, partnering with PayPal giving and then a certain amount of uh processing fees go into it and then the rest of the funds go directly to the charity i believe twitch doesn't even take a cut um but my questions are how much are those processing fees mm, full stop um which charities are going to be available at launch um and are there any ways of like suggesting new charities or other like mutual aid funds um and are there any kind of criteria for certain charities to be selected over others so that's kind of like an interesting question and also once you do run a donation stream through this process 
how long does it take to actually release these funds to the folks that actually need them, right? Um, one of the benefits of doing the kind of, you know, duct tape <laughs> kind of logistical way of like doing the direct donation receipt, you know, and, and tracking that manually is you get to you know that your money went to the charity literally right away immediately and it didn't go through any other hoops. It's a little more difficult, but especially in cases where it's something that you're ramping up like in the wake of an event and sort of time is of the essence um, and it's sort of a more time-sensitive charity stream, I think it's kind of important to know like, hey, when is the money actually going to get to these folks that might need it? So I'm looking forward to learning a lot more about Twitch charity and seeing what charities are involved as a part of it. Um, and I definitely encourage you folks that are creators of all stripes to encourage using Twitch to show off your process or show off your, your finalized art, even play video games or even just show off other parts of yourself with your community that you're building. Highly recommend it. I've been doing it and it's been an absolute treat. So go ahead and do it. And also, if you want to feel like giving back in the process, hey, there's tools out there to do that. All right, folks, I'm going to go take a break. You, not just me, but you should probably consider hydrating because it's been a minute. I know. I could tell. I've been looking at the clock. I know. I see that water bottle. Go ahead. Fill it up. Sometimes it helps if you have like a special cup. I have a special cup. So grab your special cup. Fill it up with a hydration beverage. That's water to put, put down the iced coffee. I see you. Also me. We're going to take a short break. And then when we get back, we are going to chat with Andrea Gleason, CEO of TuneCore. Now, a word from our sponsors. Ryan Carella here. I hope you're enjoying the show and I hope that you're getting a lot out of it. I do what I do because I care about creators like you. A lot. I've dedicated my career to helping creative professionals, entrepreneurs, and organizations move forward. I do it by hosting this program, and I'm also proud to do it in my legal practice. If you're a creative professional looking for solutions-oriented legal services to help you further your goals, I'd love to help. My firm RKPA does contracts, commercial law, copyright, trademark, and more. Visit rkpalaw.com to learn more. That's rkpalaw.com. Ryan A. Carella, PA, Miami, Florida. Streaming services for Break the Business provided by L.E.K. Entertainment. L.E.K. Entertainment is a full-service entertainment company offering everything from consultations to full-scale events and productions, including audio and video productions, voiceovers, staged theatrical productions, script and music development, and streaming services. For more information, visit lekentertainment.com. L.E.K. Entertainment wants to help you bring your story to life. Thanks for supporting Break the Business. If you have a question or topic that you want us to discuss, email us at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can follow the host, that's me, on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R, and you can follow the show at The BTB Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, and on all major podcast platforms. And now, let's get back to the show. Hey, and we...
We are back, everybody. Our guest this week is the CEO of TuneCore. That is a global music distribution platform for independent artists. Most recently, TuneCore unveiled its new unlimited release pricing plan. Oh, yes. That will allow artists to upload as many singles and albums as they want for a single low annual price rather than paying for each individual single or album upload. I'm, I'm the, speaking directly to me. Thank you. You can find out more about our guest's work by visiting www.tunecore.com. We are super stoked to welcome Andrea Gleason on to Break the Business. Andrea, hello. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yay. No, how 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 are you doing? I'm great. Good, I'm good, really good. Great. I'm super, super excited to have you on. I'm I'm a musician, and as soon as Ryan told me, hey, just letting you know, first guest uh, CEO of TuneCore. I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, distribution platform. Oh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, first question for for those that are uninitiated, can you tell us a little bit about these services that TuneCore can provide for artists? Yeah, you know, we are we are an open platform. So if you're an independent musician, you're not signed to a label, you can actually put music out yourself. And TuneCore is a platform where you can do that. So there's no gatekeeper. And if you have $15 per year, you can actually release an unlimited amount of songs and get them all out into Spotify, Apple, Tidal, uh, Tencent, uh, into the into the libraries of social media platforms like um, TikTok and Instagram. And uh, essentially, we get all the music out worldwide. And then uh, we bring all the money together in one central account and pay our users uh, for the, the music that was listened to. And uh, we what really makes us unique is we don't take a percentage. So all of the money that the artists uh, earn, they keep 100% of it. And um, how we make money is really from that fat flat fee subscription. And mm -hmm. um, you know what we really, really pride ourselves on is that we want to think about how are we a solution for independent artists? Uh, you know, you're a musician. You have to wear a lot of hats, and uh, you are your own social media manager. You are your own um, uh, tour booker. You are <laughs> you're like the, many times a lot of our artists are writing, producing, mixing, uh, doing their whole release strategy. And so, where we really um, really want to make sure that we're spending our time and this change that we did with Unlimited was a part of this, is that we're really that solution for artists to help them grow. And, um, you know, so so it's all about, you know, making the music available worldwide and then helping get them paid. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're, we're a global platform. We are, are available in 16 languages and in seven currencies. And we really believe in having artists that are literally all over the world making their music available worldwide to be consumed all over the world. And uh, what makes me so excited is just seeing artists that are sitting in Latin America really building an audience in Europe and European artists having a following in Asia. And um, it's really just been so incredible that, um, you know, it's just opened up, um, you know, this, this availability of music and the availability for artists to create, not to be put in a box, that they are not like, hey, you are pop or mm -hmm. you are, um, you know, your country. This is what's been so beautiful is that, you know, now that music is consumed digitally, 
there isn't, there's a fusion of genres that have come and, and has pushed creativity forward. Um, and um, so that's what we're so excited about is that, that artists actually have the freedom. We'd never uh, keep any of the rights, like the artists like keep rights to their masters. Really, uh, it, this is their chance to keep their creative freedom and keep all their money. Excellent. Excellent. So like, bring it back. Bring yeah. it back. A little bit of, little bit of background on you because i'm 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 super stoked and i'm i'm like I'm, I'm i'm so excited but but in terms of origin um i see that before tunecore um you specialized in digital strategy for the retail industry i proud retail employee from way back when love 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 myself some shopping and a, and, and a good planogram um <laughs> Shouts to anybody who knows what a planogram is. <laughs> um, but what what inspired that transition to go from retail into music? Yeah, you know, I was in retail for 11 years um, and I lived through bringing shopping online. So oh. uh, I was the third uh, third employee within uh, the, the 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 you know the department store Lord and Taylor, which I think has actually subsequently not been doing like right now. I think it only has an online business, but the pandemic hurt a lot of stores. Anyway, um, I was the third employee uh, at Lord and Taylor that um, was brought into e-commerce, and we literally built the e-commerce like business and store, as we called it. It was like its own door. They call it a door. It's so funny, and, and it was the e-commerce store. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> And we built it literally from zero to over a $300 million business over seven years uh, for Lauren Taylor. And then also I spent about two years running the Hudson Bay business in Canada. And so I was going, you know, if you go from zero to 300 million in that time frame, you're in a very fast paced environment. You're innovating, you're building from zero, like you're really blazing trails. And so then I came out through the end of that where there was like some reorganization and I was brought back to run marketing uh, for Lord and Taylor, the kind of the team I started in when I had first begun my career. And they wanted me to make everything omni-channel and just make everything um, more, um, just bring online and in-store together. And then I cleaned all that up and then I'm like, okay, now what? You know? <laughs> so, and uh, no, I just was running at this pace that then I was like, I need something new, you know, and, and there's something that happens after you've been doing something for 10 years mm. or to look around. There's like something about that decade, you know, 10, that number 10. And I knew it was just time to do something, something different. And I wanted to do something very different. Um, so you, you become very open to the universe about what would that be? And, you know, I started exploring very unconventional kind of jobs and, um, and, you know, typically at my level, you're definitely like um, meeting people and, uh, you know, you get your job through people, you know, right? So you mm -hmm. work your network. Yeah. But uh, actually, I was still applying to jobs on LinkedIn. And this job for TuneCore was a job on LinkedIn to run marketing. And so I just, it really resonated with me because in my 20s, I used to love the indie scene in New York City. I would go to <sighs> battle all the bands in CBGBs. And Ooh. I love seeing like artists on the subway tracks, like playing their guitar and they'd give me their flyer or they'd like, you know, sell their $5 CDs. And I just like always loved that scene. Uh -huh. And so when I saw this, I was like, oh my God, this is like digital and it's music. I'm all about this. And um, so I applied and, you know, I came in and interviewed and then I, I got the role and it's been such an amazing six and a half year journey because 
what I just love so much about, about what we do is that we really help artists be kind of like their own small business and, um, you know, and enable them to be able to, to do that. And so it's, uh, it's been very exciting and uh, I've just loved it. I feel like I'm, I'm an eternal student. Uh, I'm constantly learning as much as I've been in this space for six and a half years, but it's, and it's really changing a lot. There's been a lot of changes over that period. Speaking, speaking of when you said what six and a half years, that's 2015. And like, I'm trying to think back on all of the things that we have to do now in terms of like being indie artists that were just not even a thing in 2015. Um, So can you talk about specifically how um, companies like yours have had to kind of make that shift as well? Yeah. You know, uh, it was just very, I remember my first, first day at TuneCore. And um, I found that I found that not just TuneCore, but other companies in our space were really, as much as we were a digital company, they were behind on digital best practices. I remember I got this email that looked like it belonged in the 90s to review and approve. And uh, I kept it. I wish I should have had it here to show oh. it to you. <laughs> Um, and, uh, it just was like breaking every best practice you should ever do. And, um, you know, it, it's like just the music industry was still kind of behind in digital best practice. Me coming from retail where we were just like went through mm. this crazy, like, uh, transformation. And so that was one thing. The second thing I'll say is, um, you know, downloads were still driving more revenue mm. than streaming at the time. Right. Um, and I would say that I think the biggest change that I've seen is that for independent artists, there was a feeling that if you were independent, it was like you were inferior to the artists that were signed. Mm. And I have especially seen over the last couple of years where now there is a pride to being independent. Like I am, I am independent, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and there's a pride with that. Uh, and and you see it in the numbers too. You know, um, the media puts out a very good study uh, where they track the different segments of the music industry on okay, independent labels like the majors and what what percentage of the revenue it represents. And in 2015, uh, independent artists releasing music themselves represented 1.7 percent of the market, and this last year it was 5.3 percent. So really exponential growth. It's still it's still the smallest mm-hmm. segment, but it has also been the fastest growing. And um, right now, like I am so proud. Like we have two artists that are actually charting uh, on the the top radio charts that that are two core artists. Uh, one of which is is um, it, she ended up signing with a major label of uh, Lauren Spencer Smith. She had this crazy. Um, this this amazing single that she uh, teased out ahead of the holidays. It was like this amazing ballad, put it out like the first Friday of uh, the new year and it went straight to the charts. Oh. And uh, and it, literally she's sitting next to Adele, you know, oh. on the UK charts. It was like bananas. And of course, everybody like wanted to sign her. And, you know, and, and I, I see this, you know, for our artists, like every artist's journey is different. You know, obviously like, we're a tech platform, you have to do everything yourself. And then there's going to be a point where we need more support to help you get to the next level. And that's a very personal decision where artists make very different, different kind of paths for themselves of how mm-hmm. they go to get to that next level. Um, the other artist, similar artist, Charlotte Sands, she um, she went viral with a with a song called Dress. It's about Harry Styles wearing a dress on the cover of Vogue. <gasps> and uh, literally, she put it up on TikTok as a demo, literally just... 
and mm-hmm. she's about to go into Thanksgiving dinner with her family. And her, <laughs> her manager was like, you need to do like three TikToks a week. You've just got to do that. And she's like, fine. Mm-hmm. And so she did this thing and she came out of Thanksgiving and it had gone bananas and she quickly moved to release it. And, um, and um, it, it essentially made like, I don't know how many playlists was the cover of Fresh Friends on Spotify. I mean, bananas. And now she's also charting. So it's so exciting yeah. for me to see these artists that literally the music is being unearthed because it's good. You yes. know, it, it's <laughs> like, you know, two big, I think the other major difference that's been enabling this mm-hmm. is that now artists have access to, to connect with fans directly. So, yes. you know, platforms like Tunecore, we've been around for 16 years now. Uh, so you've been able to release your music, but now that access to the fans mm-hmm. is like, completely available for artists to, to to have themselves. And I think what's really interesting with platforms like TikTok is how that works is that um, it will show a piece of content to a certain like subset of users. If based off a bunch of little indicators, if it's like resonating with those viewers, it will push it to more viewers, right? more viewers and more viewers. And this is how things go viral. So if the song is good, it, it, it literally can shoot to the top. Yeah, and, it'll, it'll uh, find its people. <laughs> it finds its people. And um, and what's really exciting is, you know, artists, especially when they're independent, they're sitting there putting music out and they have this catalog that maybe isn't like re- like being viewed initially. Um, and then they're doing their social media. But when you, those moments happen, guess what? Those, those potential new fans are going to go check all that out. Yeah. And they'll be like, am I into this? what's happening on Instagram? Am I into what is happening with the rest of the songs that you write? And that's been the difference for like those viral hooks because we've seen some of these artists like go viral, mm-hmm. but uh, they just have like a one hit wonder essentially. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, but what I've seen just in the, the artists that have had more of this same power, it's because they are those true artists that have that, they, they have it, you know? And um, then uh, it just needs to get viewed uh it needs the, the opportunity and uh and then the fans are so excited to yes. like unearth it. it's like they found this like tr- hidden treasure and uh that's a big change too is like listeners want to not just be told what to listen to uh i think it's interesting sirius xm has a station that's like songs <laughs> on tiktok just to run it full circle you know so i mean uh, just a tremendous amount of changes yeah, it's been it's been wild. And also, you know, kind of to that point of of having that easy access and and being able to produce quickly and almost the need potentially to kind of serve these algorithms with lots of different releases. Yeah. Boy, it sure sounds good to be able to have an unlimited release model. Um and and I and I wanted to make sure that I that I gave you some time to talk about that because I wanted to make sure I heard the price correctly. Um, yeah. So could you tell us a little bit about specifically this unlimited releasing model? Yeah, you know, um, so let me tell you a little background of why we did it, because I think yeah. it, that informs what, what we what we did. Um, you know, when we were looking at, well, let me back up. You know, I'm, I'm about a year into my role as CEO, and um, I'm all about making sure that what we do has purpose. You know, I think that what TuneCore was founded on, yeah, it was it just, you know, TuneCore was the very, very first platform that introduced a flat fee distribution model where an artist didn't have a percentage taken. So we were the first ones to kind of introduce that. 
And, um, you know, so we're all about leaning in about like what is going to help an artist grow. And what we saw is that artists that were successful were releasing all the time. Um, you know, gone are the days where physical space on a shelf or manufacturing constraints really drive what the release strategy needs to be. Today, music is consumed digitally. And in fact, the algorithms at the, you know at Spotify, at Apple, at, at in social media reward when you are creating constantly and are consistent about it. And um, it, it, if you think about it, it makes sense because you're creating another potential opportunity to engage with an existing or a new fan. And so releasing more regularly all the time gives you opportunity to create that. And, you know, so like what, what we've seen uh, artists do is like, hey, they'll do like single, 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 and then wrap it up in an EP with a bonus track, single, yep. single, single, wrap it up in a, with an EP with a bonus track, and then do an album and right. do a couple extra tracks. That's your year, essentially. Mm -hmm. And you know what you do with all of that is you animate it on social media. You tease it out on TikTok and be like, hey, should I release this next? And uh, and then try to see what that engagement does. If You know, you can really tease out your pre-save campaign. You can say, hey, pre-save this release and 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 kind of make your fans a part of it. Then you, you release it. You do all of that whole song and dance. Then the music video comes out. You tease that. Um, then you say, hey, I hit this milestone. I now have a, a, a million streams. Mm -hmm. And you make the fans a part of it. And you can stretch. It's not just like the concert releasing, but you create these moments to to engage with your fans about this these releases and you have something else to give them that's new and to talk about and so um so that's what we were seeing is that you know this is this is how successful artists are are doing it and what we saw is that our paper release model was having artists have to be like should i do this one or this mm -hmm. one and they were overthinking it and they always they tend to overthink anyway um, you know no no um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, when we serve, we serve our users, I'm all about listening and getting the feedback because that's how we learn what to actually give artists what they need and want. And when we, uh, when we ask them for the, those that create an account, but weren't releasing yet, like, why are you not releasing? The mm. number one reason is because they didn't feel like it was right. So already there's this tendency oh. that you're like overthinking it. And uh, we really wanted to remove the shackles, like remove another barrier where you're already getting in your own way uh, because it's all about testing. Mm -hmm. It's all about experimentation. And that's, that is how you're going to stretch yourself as an artist, but it's also how you're going to, the thing you might think is not ready, like Charlotte Sands with her song dress that mm -hmm. just put her demo and everyone's like, yes, please, right now. <laughs> uh, then th that's the song. She might have overworked that, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. and, but it was it was it was good to go, you know. And um, so so we really wanted to uh, remove that barrier. So that, so that's like really the the why. And then what did what did we uh, put out was essentially there's four plans. We start with one plan that is uh, it's free actually. Oh. So you um, again going back to this artist being in their heads and experimenting that they should be experimenting is you can actually, before you put your music out into like the mainstream platforms, you can actually put them out on in and get them into the libraries of social media 
as a pre-step to distribution. So one, to do this teasing campaign, if you want to do that, and you can start monetizing that right away. So, um, you know, when you post on your own channel uh, with your song, kind of like Charlotte did, mm -hmm. you're actually not making money from that. Uh, when you have it in the libraries, you, one, you, you, and then you use that, that song from the libraries in your video, you are making money from that. And you're, you're, if you have this viral moment, then other creators are immediately able to use that song and it amplifies the success. Um, so, so that, so, so that's available for, for no, for no upfront cost. You, oh, you just wow. take a commission, like a 20% commission on that. Um, uh, but you don't have to put any money out up front. Right. So if, if you have success, then we'll participate kind of a thing. Um, mm -hmm. And then um, if you want to push it out to all of the stores, um, we um, uh, we have three plans. And we really try to be very, very thoughtful about, um, you know, artists that are at different levels have different needs. Yeah. So when you're first starting out, you are more price sensitive. You really, we wanted to make it very affordable. So it's only $15 a year. Uh, and and then right, sorry, is it one five? One five. Okay. Just checking. $15 wow. a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's very affordable. Um, and um, essentially that gets you into over 150 stores worldwide and you collect hundred percent of the revenue uh, from the platforms um, and you keep it all. And, um, you know, this, with this feature we have, you can uh, schedule your release. So you have full control of your Ooh. release date. Um, and, um, you know, you can get all of those amazing things. Like um, you can uh, connect to Spotify for artists and get that verification check mark to make you look like you're really official. Uh, same thing with Apple and, um, and then also uh, YouTube with the official artist channel. So you get access into those platforms immediately with that, that first entry level price. Um, and then as you move up, you may need slightly more sophisticated tools. So uh, in the, the middle plan, the, the, um, the breakout artist, you are, uh, it's $30 a year. And um, essentially the, a couple of, of things, there's a lot of stuff in there, but I would say like the, the two like ones that I think are the best is uh, you have this tool that is called Automator. So we constantly are adding new platforms all the time. So for example, earlier earlier um, this year, we launched a partnership with Snapchat to get your music into Snapchat. Ah, cool. So if you released your song, uh, you know, before that store launched, you would then have to go in and add it afterwards because we mm. always want to give control to our artists of where their music is. Uh, we never want to assume. So uh, we have this uh, service called Automator where you can, by selecting that, any future stores it distributes to, uh, you you get that. So that's included in the middle plan. Plus, you will get faster responses from customer care in like 48 hours. So um, so that's the middle plan. And then the, the top plan is the professional plan. And this is really, I would say, if you're doing more sophisticated release strategies. So mm. you want to uh, only release in the U.S or you want to have a custom label name, or you, um, um, you know, you have multiple artists that you want to mm. release under for like a label. And um, so, so that's essentially like the, the four plans and, and the professional plan is uh, $50 a year and each additional artist is uh, uh, $15 a year. So um, yeah, we really try to be very thoughtful that, you know, you don't need all of that 
when you're just starting out and you can right. upgrade to the plans as you um, as you progress in your career and your needs change. And so so that's what we went out with. We're, the feedback has been very positive. Um, <laughs> we uh, we launched our beta in March. And, uh, you know, we were watching it very closely when we went out with it and we had uh, regular weekly meetings with our customer care team to see what, what are people writing in. And mm. the biggest thing people were writing was, is this real? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was That's talking amazing. to yeah, I was I was talking to an artist today. We had actually a, a mixer in New York uh, for uh, just getting some of our artists together. And one of them told me that uh, just to make sure he full, read the full terms and conditions to make sure there wasn't a catch. <laughs> and you know what those are like? So I was like, oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Somebody who actually read the terms and the conditions, both the yeah. terms and conditions. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, what, what more feedback can you get when somebody's like, is this, is this real? Is this real? <laughs> Finally. Um, I mean, to, to that point, um, A, elephant in the room, TuneCore isn't necessarily the only game in town vis-a-vis -vis distribution services. So for, yeah. for folks who might be mulling it over, like, you know, which, which do I go with? What should artists be thinking about when choosing one distribution platform over another? Yeah, you know, I've been I've been now at Tinker for six and a half years. I've actually seen platforms come and go during that period, if you can mm -hmm. believe it. And um, you know, I think I think a couple things you need to look out for is um, there needs to be a trust level. Uh, how reputable is the company? Um, it, and um, you know, that's one area that we're very strong because we we kind of disrupted the space and are kind of known as like a first mover. Um, how how are can you get a hold of people? Mm -hmm. uh, how's the customer care? And that's an area like I've, again, coming from my retail days, customers, right. You've got to make sure that you're available. So we, we have really invested on uh, having very fast, uh, very high quality customer care that is very accessible to artists. Um, you know, uh, you can just send a DM um, in, in Instagram and you actually get connected directly to our customer care team. So really making uh, ourselves very, very accessible and um, getting it like that very fast, quick service. Um, the other thing that is very, very, very important is that, so TuneCore has a parent company called Believe. Uh, they are actually out of uh, Paris. They are not as well known here in the US uh, because they're really big uh, internationally and they, they will come to the US at the right time. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, but it, you know, essentially, uh, what's been so beneficial because they're a very big player. They're being referred to as kind of like the mini major, uh, but artist friendly mini major. Um, mm -hmm. I would equate them very similar to like a, a Orchard AWOL, but they have also um, services for like um, uh, major, like major artists as well. Anyway, um, we go in and negotiate with the stores directly and we are able to get direct deals. So there's never a middleman. And we really make it a very big priority to help get the best conditions for our artists that they make the most money. So uh, just to give you a little bit of comparison, uh, we just hit earlier this year a milestone of paying out our artists since we started 16 years ago of $2.5 And our closest competitor has just recently hit $1 billion. So, um, and that comes from, and, and this competitor has been in business longer than us. So, um, and other other companies don't even like talk about this because we really have been 
the strongest and really paving the way for this. So it's it's really important that um, it's, you know, you want to make sure you're collecting all your money, that you have somebody that is really advocating to make sure that the that that at the indie level, you are you are essentially um, having a seat at the table that's making sure that you're getting the, the best rates you possibly can. And you the proof is there with uh, with the revenue. And then as we look ahead, I think it's all about like picking a company that's going to continue to innovate. Um, I, I love that you were talking about video gaming earlier. I think I think there's a lot of exciting things happening in that space with music, um, not operationalized for indie artists yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, if you think about it, there's just so much synergy with, uh, you know, like in Roblox, you've got you've got Virch, you know, so you go it, talk about all of the opportunities to make money uh, from from your music in a virtual world where you've got a younger potential like fan. And uh, and then they're all about you know, having all the collectibles, but in a virtual world. I, I recently went into Roblox and like made my little avatar and I was like, oh, I, I need to get like my hairstyle. It's got, oh, cause yes. you get all the, you get all the stuff that's like free, but then you're like, that's not me. I don't know. No, like, no. you know, so. no, you, you have to have several costume changes. I, I feel this entirely. Yes. <laughs> so, and why not? And, and so like Birch, for like music and going and, and hearing the music, participating in a virtual like you know launch party or a, mm-hmm. a virtual concert, you know this stuff is starting right now, and I'm just like very excited that you yes. know we'll we are we are there you know exploring these opportunities and we want to keep innovating. I think it, you know it, streaming is where artists are making money today, but what about where it will be tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think even Twitch is a really great example during yep. the pandemic, you know, because it's I find that it's all about these communities uh, that are different from each other. Your audience may not be necessarily on Spotify. Your audience might be on Twitch and yep. you may actually make more money on Twitch than you would make if you, you know, from your streaming um, it's totally different and you've got it, you've got to experiment. And so like, I think when artists are picking their platform is, you know, are they, are, is the, is the company thinking forward and innovating and really, um, you know, starting, even though it's not like a huge part of the revenue yet, how, how are they going to keep progressing and, and being there uh, first or early, you know, so right. that, that the artists um, get the opportunities in, in those early stages. So anyway, I could talk more, yeah. but uh, that's <laughs> I know, I mean, I could, I could, I could talk with you forever, especially about, you know, sort of forward thinking and like what the future of, of music could be. I doubt that's a, but we'll talk, but, um, but we, we do have to wrap it up because at some point they are going to kick me off Sirius XM and, and, and replace me with something way cooler. But, um, but, but before we go, um, you know, one of the great things about this unlimited pricing model is that it kind of helps the overthinker. Not only is perfect the enemy of good, but perfect can also be the enemy of done and out. Uh, so this <laughs> this definitely helps that out. But other than that, do you have any last tips before we let you go for those indie creators out there to help them move their careers forward? Yeah, you know, experiment 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 uh i think like it's all about practice when i think about what does make what makes an artist grow it's two things they've got to they've got to have good music so you got to make keep making your music better it comes with practice it comes with just doing it you know um challenging yourself and then you know how are you then gaining fans 
Mm-hmm. And you've got to go experiment and find your communities. And, you know, I, I talk to artists all the time who are like, I don't know, it's TikTok's not for me. And I'm like, yep, that's exactly what Charlotte Sands said until she yep. like posted her demo and it went bananas. And so just showing up, trying it, maybe it feels a little awkward, but find your version of what feels right for you. And it's like, you've got to, you got to just experiment. It's all about experimentation. The other advice I would give, I think just in general, independent artists definitely have a lot of challenges to wear a lot of hats, but I definitely want to talk about female creators because Mm -hmm. women are very underrepresented in the music industry. I'm so excited that we are doing this podcast together. You know, I mean, I think, I think, um, it's very, very important. One thing I'll say for, for women creators and executives in the music industry is you really need to not overthink it, especially. I think like men have a yep. tendency to like out of the 10 boxes, they hit three and they go for yep. it. Uh-huh. And like, and, like women just like want to hit all 10 of the boxes before nope. they try. Yeah, and so the I would, I would, I would give women in the industry is, you know, take the shot. Yes. You hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So yeah. uh, just put yourself out there. So that's that's a couple things. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Andrea. It has been a pleasure. I could talk to you forever, but thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for doing what you do for indie creators. Appreciate thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. <laughs> All right, folks. That is going to be my time. I want to thank you all so much for joining us. And I am very, very excited um, to be joining you in future episodes. Let me know. I'm at Elisa Rock Doc on all social media. So find me there and let me know what you think and what else you want to hear on the show. But until next week, stay safe, hydrate. Um, and no matter what you do, always be sure to rock on and keep creating. Folks. We'll see you next week. Pray.